I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better of power power forms of the shrubby Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. Anyone that's listened to this podcast before knows how important I feel it is to pass the love of gardening on to future generations. And today, we'll be joined by the man who set up National Children's Gardening Week. From Ferndale Nurseries and Garden Centre, it's Neil Grant. My thanks to Unwin Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. Every year at about this time, you'll hear me talking about the Blackthorn winter. Seems to come on with uh, unbelievable regularity. As soon as the slow, you know, Prunus spinosa, that uh, wild, tiny, very uh, bitter-tasting fruit, comes into flower at this time of the year, masses of white flowers before the leaves, invariably we get a really cold spell of weather. I mean, the beast from the east last year was at, right in the middle of the Blackthorn winter. And again, after some really glorious weather last week or the week before, uh, the wind has turned quite cold and lo and behold, the Blackthorn out again. Quite useful, really, because the early fruiting trees, uh, my apricot and very early plum, uh, one or two of them were already in flower uh, and we're getting some sharp, night frosts so it's much better that cooler weather hold those back pretty good chance too that all the spring flowering bulbs will have the colour for a bit longer last week we had uh, a London garden press event uh, with all the uh, gardening journalists and media people in attendance and they were all given a little tiny plant of the new garden gerbera sweet sunset uh, and they have been uh, challenged to put the results of their plant onto social media uh, and, and the best plant is going to win a sunset barbecue. I'm not very keen on barbecues, but I'll have a go at that. Richard Jackson said that uh, he'll put up a prize too. Richard's often on QVC with his flower power fertiliser. Uh, he's going to offer extra prizes for the greatest number of flowers. That could be a very interesting on those uh, Gerbera Garvinia, the hardy, guardy Gerberas, I have picked the best part of a 100 flowers from one plant. So it'll be very interesting to see you know, just how many each of uh, those media people can grow on Gerbera Sweet Sunset. I have some good news this week. Uh, Mr Fothergill Seeds uh, tell me that their sunflower pudsy and pumpkin pudsy seed packets uh, have pledged £16,000 to support BBC Children's in Need. Uh, 30 pence from every packet sold goes to this children's charity. Uh, so what a great thing. I hope lots of people get the youngsters growing sunflowers. 
actually it can be quite good fun growing them at the school because sunflowers, even as very big plants, transplant very easily. I've lifted them with a clod of soil with the flower, uh, just showing colour and, and given a good watering after they've moved and staked well. You can just transplant them uh, and they'll carry on flowering beautifully. Now, what about advice? Well, the warm weather last month uh, is giving me very early pickings of purple sprouting broccoli. And whilst most of the sprouts are are harvested, the stumps have been left in place because uh, for several weeks we'll be able to pick sprout greens from them. I prefer that soft, young spring greens uh, to the actual sprouts. So if you've got a few old uh, stems of sprouts on the allotment or in the garden, Just leave them there and let them grow and then pick those green pieces off. If they're in the way and you want to clear the land, well, rather like the sunflowers, you can dig them with a clod of soil and just lay them in down one side of the plot and you'll find that they'll uh, continue growing and give you that bit of extra fresh spring vegetable. The seed sowing's well underway, including perennials. I like to sow perennial scabious and delphinium at this time because uh, they grow quite quickly and then you'll have a flower in the autumn, September, October time. And of course once you've seen the best of those that are grown because they will vary a bit when you grow them from seed uh, you can select out the best uh, and of course they will then continue to be multi-stemmed plants in future years. I like to see... uh, a really nice vase of scabious, great cut flower. Now I am quite well underway with the rose pruning. You know, I've always said the third week in March is the time to do it, but this year the sap is really moving, uh, and where I have cut quite hard on some bush and climbing roses, uh, after a day or two you can see a bit of moisture just on the cut, an indication that, yes, the sap is on the go already. So if you have some bush or climbing roses that need pruning, well, and standards too, then I think you should get on with it now. And once you have pruned, then a good dressing of rose fertiliser will help them on their way. Don't forget the old tip, the harder you cut, the stronger they grow. And so if you've got a rose bush that's really big and growing all over the path and you think by cutting it hard back, you'll keep its size down, I'm afraid you're more likely to keep it sized down by not pruning so hard. If you light prune, then you get lots of uh, smaller, less vigorous shoots, more flowers, but smaller ones. So the golden rule, the harder you prune, the stronger they grow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My guest this week is Neil Grant. He's the managing director of Ferndale Nurseries and Garden Centre up in... Uh, Derbyshire. Some of you in uh, that neck of the woods uh, may have heard him on BBC Radio Sheffield. Now, how did you get into this business? And, and tell us a bit about Ferndale Nurseries and Garden okay. Centre. Well, my story um, as a teenager was um, I persuaded my dad to cut half the lawn, um, partly because of you on Pebble Mill, partly because of um, Jeffrey Smith and people like that, and, uh, and also uh, Percy Thrower. Also, the program The Good Life. I mean, you remember that as a comedy program, but I was fascinated by what they were doing. Never went down the pig route, but um, <laughs> got into gardening that way. And then I went to Riffle Agricultural College, as you did, and met my future wife there, who's from the Sheffield area. We're, we're Derbyshire, but we're right on the edge of Sheffield. And her parents had a small holding. That wasn't proving to be very handy for what we wanted to do, and they sold it. Um, we found a garden centre that was struggling, and um, in a way, the rest is history. Yeah, I didn't realise that you and your good lady were riddle students. That's very remiss of me. There's... <laughs> <laughs> it's almost a mafia, isn't it? That riddle college. It is, we are keep yeah. keep it secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, my main main reason for wanting to phone you today, particularly, was um, your enthusiasm for national. Children's Gardening Week. I mean, you were the energy yeah. that started this whole campaign, weren't you? Yeah, it just the idea came to me over a couple of years, and literally, stupid as I am, I just launched it and hoped people would pick it up. And even in the first year, 50 garden centres got hold of it. The trade press um, sort of talked about it, and um, well, the, since the HCA have taken it over, they put their resources, the Horticultural Trade Association, that is, put their resources behind it, and it's getting bigger and bigger and impacting and could potentially impact a lot of children in the long term. And that's absolutely essential, isn't it? You know, I've, I've been going out to schools, goodness, 15 or 20 years now, I suppose, doing yeah. gardening workshops. Yeah. And the kids well, loved it. They love to get they their do. hands dirty. Yeah, uh, And I think more so now, they don't get their hands dirty very often. And it, we can take the cynical view, it's good for garden centres, but actually... That's a byproduct of it. In a way, the really good stuff is seeing kids getting involved in, as you say, getting their hands dirty, sowing seeds, seeing them come through, eating things. And I came up with a week of half term in the spring, summer, or the summer term, simply because it, my, what the thought went through my brain. In the UK, is there a, what's the best time of year that we could give a child a tomato plant? And pretty much they, would, they could grow it outside without a greenhouse and all the other equipment. And it's around the the, uh, the summer term bank holiday because hopefully most of the countries lost their late frost. Tomato plants are dead easy to get hold of that time. They're not expensive. And very quickly they grow and you see flowers and you get fruit. And it's sort of formed from those thoughts, really. One of the first things I grew as probably a six or seven-year-old was a tomato. Pretty terrible yep. thing it was too, outdoor, yeah. outdoor garden. You got fruit. Yeah. <laughs> but on the website, I had a quick check before yeah. we came on air. You list a whole series of things that uh, 
adults can do with children, don't you, over yeah. that children's week? Yeah, and it, I mean, it literally is any task that anybody wants to do, but seed sowing, sowing sunflower seeds is always a classic. That can be done at that week again because they'll cope with the weather. It can be painting flower pots. It can literally be anything you do in the garden that you can do with children. And I, I reckon we could always, anybody could make up their own little project. But the great thing is, actually, the website's got loads on. There's a very active Facebook page where other people share ideas with, that children can do as well, which is really good. And although it's focused on this one week, it could be any week. You know, you could garden with children all year round. But we wanted to have a focus that was easy to do, easy to see. Um, the only criticism we've had is from schools saying it's in half term we can't join in. So the HCA this year have a schools campaign as well to work around those uh, side of the weeks. Well, if, if uh, you're in a communication with anyone, uh, we're hoping to get uh, school children to grow some teapots with mint uh, yeah. that, that will go on the uh, Horticultural Trade Association. I better spell yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chelsea Flower Show exhibit. Now, now, you've been a little bit involved in that too, yeah. haven't you? That, that becomes yeah. a public link to uh, the gardening week. It does, and, and you and I know full well that Chelsea is the shop window for the whole of gardening, and that gets people, the media, writers, people of influence, people at government level, um, looking at what's going on in horticulture, and it's a great place to introduce um, those that might have a bigger influence than you and I can have um, on seeing children actually get involved in gardening. So the, the HGA, the Horticulture State Association stand, is going to be focused on getting children into gardening. Um, uh, that's very exciting. Well, last year we had um, a comprehensive school in Pershaw growing uh, mint in teapots. I mean, it, yep. you need nimble children's fingers to get a, a rooted mint cutting to grow out of the spout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. with, a, with a little practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a pair of tweezers. But I mean, they were short of teapots and, and just yep. went on social media and 60 arrived. Yep. And one yeah, of the pots brilliant. we had at Chelsea last year, a big brown teapot, uh, um, it was bought during the First World War ready uh, to brew a well, fresh cup of tea when the soldier came back from that war. Oh, wow. Uh, well, and, and he didn't come back. And that pot wow. sat on the mantel shelf all those years unused yeah. and yeah. then went to the school. The kids did a great job growing mint in it and it, and it went to Chelsea. So, boy, that, yeah. that pot uh, that's, brought us some that's stories. The amazing, well, it will. And the amazing thing about gardening and schools gardening particularly, but even at home, particularly schools, is they can bring every other subject into gardening. So you've got your math and your science and English and, uh, and working together. And all schools are missing, really, is the resources and perhaps some volunteers. We need a few uh, uncles and aunts and grandparents to uh, say, oh, well, I could do an hour a week or come down and, show, and work with the children on it. Um, and that, it would just take off. And the amount of research that's coming out now that's showing the benefit of being outside, physical activity, engaging the brain in a peaceful place away from the stress of daily life. It's phenomenal, and there's a very good report just come out from the HTA looking at all the research that's out there on just the benefits of gardening for all of us, but particularly for children. Yeah. Well, one of the ideas which I saw on, on you know, your website was growing peas, and we've, yeah. done, we've done that. We take a whole class, 30 children, yeah. and we give each of them a spread container, 
The clean, yeah. you know, it's been washed out. Uh, yeah. uh, and they put an inch of compost in the bottom and then yeah. sow 25 peas, so they're doing the yeah. counting, push them into that damp compost and put the lid yeah. on. And if they do yeah. that on a Thursday or Friday, by the time they come back on yeah. a Monday and Tuesday, they're up. Yeah. Uh, and then once the young shoots are two or three inches high, of course, they can just cut them and eat them as a salad. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. It's a great classroom activity. Uh, yeah, if that speed at that time of year in the springtime that children need, to, otherwise, you know, if you sowed them now and they didn't come through for a few days and then you couldn't put them in a the garden, it drags on. But great in the spring to do that. And the other thing is that it introduces children to fresh fruit and vegetables, which, you know, when it comes out of a packet or perhaps it doesn't even get served at home, but if it's there in the garden and they can pick, eat the tops, they can eat them as monge too, they can eat the peas out of them, that and tomatoes and all the little things that you can just go and pick the research is now showing they will eat more fruit and veg if they've got it right next to them. And, and I have a personal experience there too. We, we gave away some packets of carrot seed to yeah. grandparents to grow with their children. And, yeah. and uh, the following September, a mum wrote and said, could we recommend other things that her daughter yeah. could grow in pots? Because she didn't eat any vegetables until she yeah. sowed these carrots. Wow. And when they yeah. came up, they pulled one and she ate one. Yeah. And then every tea time she wanted to go and pull yeah. another carrot. I mean, it's just oh, so it's simple, isn't it? Yeah, It is so simple. We've lost touch, haven't we, as, as, a, as a society with that ability to just pick something, smell it, taste it and eat it straight away. I, I really, it was my hope at the start of National Children's Garden Week that it could develop into something bigger than just a few fun activities. And it potentially can do. And, you know, it's open for all of us to get involved, really. Well, we'll do what we can to, to get you. behind <laughs> that. I mean, I went to a school in Hornchurch where there's a waiting list for the lunchtime gardening club. Yeah, and I believe I, it. I said to the headmistress who was there, you know, why is there a waiting list? And she said they spend so much time at a desk looking at a screen that when you get them outside, yeah. it's like taking the cork out of a bottle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they yeah. really fizz. Yeah. Uh, and, it, I mean, it's a joy to be with young kids, isn't it, when they've got it's, excitement. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And the thing that got us involved at an early age is the same stuff that people are rediscovering now. And we've made a career out of it. And if you're anything like me, Neil, you don't regret that career. No, not at all. I mean, what a wonderful world it is to be in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a grandfather now, so I'm looking forward to bringing our uh, grandson into the same environment of just growing things and getting his hands in the soil. So. Well, be careful. You, uh, we tend to love grandchildren even more than our own. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> I think it's because we can send them back afterwards. That's probably know? right. Yeah. That's probably right. Now, what's, what's uh, happening and what's new at Ferndale Nurseries and Garden Centres? Have you got much of a programme on this spring? Yeah, we've sort of reintroduced, in a way, um, workshops and, and mini-talks um, literally just starting it um, after not really doing it for a long time. And we've realised that it goes back partly to the whole fact that children don't know about growing, is that actually their parents don't. So um, we've done a, a session on bird box painting for National Bird Box Week uh, 10 days ago, and last Sunday we had one of the staff just for 20 minutes talking about seed potatoes, which way you put them up, how you put them in a, a, an egg box and so on, and how to choose the varieties. So they're proving very popular, and we'll be doing more and more of those this year. Yeah, we tend to forget how little people know. Uh, who was I speaking to? It might have been Andy Bunker at Alton Garden Centre. Yeah, somebody who said people were coming in asking for tomato plants yeah. uh, just because the sun was out and it was warm. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, where I'm stood at the moment, it is warm enough, but it won't be tonight. No, it won't. We've been getting minus three and four centigrade of yeah. frost, yeah. yeah, and so one needs time. But, but I mean, when we go out to schools and, and do a little workshop, I'm watching the teachers because, quite honestly, we, if yeah. we can teach them, then they have the confidence yeah. to continue. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have been, I've been wondering whether, you know, as garden centres and people in industry, we should be doing special evenings with primary school teachers to give them a bit more knowledge, just the simple stuff on seed sowing, how to get the seed to grow and things like that. Yeah. So perhaps you've reminded me what I haven't done, the thought I was going to do. Well, that, you know, a teacher's life is quite demanding. Um, yeah. I admire what they do. Yeah. But uh, if we can persuade them to get the children outside for half an hour, I yeah. think they're easier to handle when they get back into the classroom. Well, the research is also showing that. So, um, yeah, if anybody wants the, that report, it's available from the HTA's website, the hta.org.uk, um, under resources. Oh, no, it's actually on, sorry, it's on the national, it's on the childrensgardeningweek.co.uk website. Uh, yeah, so let's Under get, resources. Let, let's get that quite clear. Yeah. If anyone's interested in the National Children's Gardening Week and all those tips on the website, they yeah. need to look at National Children's Gardening it's Week. Actually, we've knocked the national bit off, so it's childrensgardeningweek.co.uk. Right. Uh, and the very active part also is the Facebook page. That's very useful. Uh, well, I'm not too up with Facebook. What do I, how do I get into that then? Well, you go on Facebook, you search National Children's Gardening Week. There's only one that comes up. Uh, click on that and it'll, people who would use Facebook can then like it and ask for notifications and they can, as new things go on and people share ideas and things they can do, they get them straight onto their phones and onto their laptops. And away we go. Neil, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for what you're doing and all strength to your elbow. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Peter. My thought for the week made me smile. The difference between perseverance and obstinacy is that one often comes from a strong will and the other one from a strong won't. So... (laughs) In gardening, you do need to be a bit persistent if you're going to win through in the end. Mother Nature can slow you down here and there, but if uh, you have that perseverance, uh, you'll find you can, will, and not won't. My thanks to Unwind Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.